Thanks a lot. You can take seats. I didn't know I was doing this till this morning. I said, Josh, I said, do you want to have a break? Because it's a lot of effort leading you guys in youth. And he said, oh, I need a break. Desperately need a break. And he wiped the sweat from his brow. And, and uh, so I'm, I'm the stand-in speaker for tonight. Hi, how are you? Slightly weird, uh, me at my age speaking to you at your age, right? But we'll give it a go, right? There's a big generation gap between me and you. And but we'll give it a shot. We'll see how we go tonight. Um, great worship, uh, great, is it Daniel? Daniel, who's, where's Daniel? On the drums, great drumming. Daniel, don't you agree? That was good drumming. Give, give Daniel a huge round of applause. And, uh, and Amy, where's Amy? Is she, is she in the room? Oh, Amy, who was on Singers? Who was, who was, is it Michelle? Michelle, hi, Shell. Shell, that was great singing too. That was just excellent. And uh, you were good. And uh, and and you were good too. I I I uh, my wife came back from America. I've been married low, uh, lots of years, right? But she came back. This is my first wife, and I've still got her. And uh, came back from America a number of years ago, and she came back with two books, and they were on ADHD in adults. And she said, "Dave, you need to read these, right?" And uh, usually, like when you we were living in England. And when you live in England, you do a lot of travel, right? So America's only like six hours away, and Europe's only a couple of hours away. So you, you get to travel an awful lot. So she was in America, I think, speaking, and she's flying back. And normally she'd get have a sleep. You know, it's, it's six to eight hours. It's, it's a good time to have a sleep. But she stayed awake for the whole time because um, every page in the book described me. And, uh, and so, she, uh, so I grabbed him, right, and I was tired. Uh, and uh, I was looking at every page, attention deficit, hyperactivity deficit disorder. Uh, I can't even say right, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder in adults, right? And I was thinking, gosh, I feel analyzed for the first time, you know. Like, this is cheap, though, because books are like $25 or something like that, so it's not a seeing a psychologist. But I felt really analyzed because every page described me. I don't know about you, but, but my concentration levels are super low. Like, when I say super low, I didn't learn anything at school. Like nothing. Like in not one class in any grade did I learn anything. I just, I, the only reason why I got through was because I had this ab ability to swap, this ability to, to, to stay up really late for five nights in a row and then, and then store all the energy needed for the exam, do the exam, then forget about, forget about everything. But my concentration levels are just, are, are incre I get distracted uh, incredibly well and uh, so much so that if you I don't think any when someone tells me a joke I I usually give a courtesy laugh at the end of the joke because I've been so distracted between them telling the joke and then the end of the joke where I'm supposed to laugh I don't even know what they're talking about like I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever known what they've been talking about and but I've got to do a courtesy laugh otherwise I just look like an idiot right and so I, I must do a thousand courtesy laughs a year right I don't have a clue what they're saying and, uh, and uh, sometimes if I'm in a restaurant, someone's talking to me, I wouldn't have a clue what they're saying because it's just too noisy. The background's too noisy. But, but I pretend that, that I'm really engaged, right? And, um, and I realize, gosh, if I'm watching a movie, oh, gee, I, I always go to sleep in movies because, because the first five minutes, I'm just eating my popcorn. I'm, I'm thinking about this and that. I'm seeing who's, who's in the cinema and that. I, I've lost the storyline already. And uh, sometimes now I'll go in there, I'll read, I'll read the, the summary of it, you know, on Google and just to see if I can do a little, you know, speed catch up what it's about. But most times I wouldn't have a clue what, what movies are about. In actual fact, it helps me out now because I rewatch a movie every four months. 
a really good movie. It's like a brand new movie to me, right? It's just, it's, it's excellent, right? And, uh, and, but I, I, I read through it and I realized that everything about the book was correct except for the title. And this is where the Holy Spirit got involved. I don't know if you know, if you know God and know the Holy Spirit, but, but he, he, he kind of brings truth to the table, you know. There's a bunch of lies, he brings truth to the table. And, and I think he said, right, I think in, in impression, I think he said that everything's correct, Dave, and well done on finally being analyzed, right? Everything's correct except for the title. And this is kind of what the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, you don't have ADHD. What you've got, Dave, is ADHA. You don't have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. What you've got is attention deficit hyperactivity asset. And I realize that part of me being a genius is I've got this gift called ADHA. It's not a disorder. It's actually an asset. So I'm kind of like a fire starter. You know, I, I, I get bored easily. I don't know about you. So I'm always, I'm always doing new things. I'm always attempting new things. I've, I've got a whole lot of books at the back there for a pastor thing uh, on Tuesday. But I've written like, like, I think I've written 14 books in total, something like that. I just I just keep churning them out because I've got ADHA. I just, I'm restless. I want to start new projects. When I was running a church in the United Kingdom, I think we started 17 locations of our church. You know, two ran off. We gave away two. We lost one. It was left with 12 locations. But, I, but I've got to accredit it to the fact that I've got attention deficit hyperactivity asset and it's not a disorder. And I wrote a book. I, I had this idea once that God hates the color beige. And so I thought, I'm going to write a book on it, right? So I thought of every expression that begins with B. Oh, and next page, I just had a lot of, it, it was called Rage Against Beige. So I had a, a page uh, and a page and then a picture, right? So the page said something like uh, Beige Against the Machine. And then, then there was a picture. The next page was Say No to Beige. And then next page, Don't Visit Beijing. Get it? It's quite clever, isn't it? And, uh, and, and so I thought, I'll put it together, and I thought, I'll, I'll see if someone will publish it. But this is my brain. It's, it's, it's going off like, like, like popcorn, you know, home cop popcorn when you put it in the microwave. It's just going off. And so I thought, I'll send it to book publishers. But everyone sent it back to me. They didn't want it, right, because it wasn't down. And my PA, my personal assistant, sent it to IKEA in the United Kingdom. And I got a phone call from Peter, the managing director of IKEA, and he said, Dave, I love the book. <laughs> this, this is I, the managing director of IKEA. is phoning me out saying, Dave, I love book. He said, here's how much you want for it. I said, I, I, I don't know. Because like, it took me like a day, a day to write, right? Maybe a day and a half if you're stretching it, right? So I said, oh, I really don't know. I said, can you give me a ballpark figure? You know what he said to me? This is Peter from IKEA UK. He said, yeah, I think I could give you a ballpark figure, right? Remember, it took me a day, day and a half max. He said, yeah, how does 100,000 Australian dollars sound? 100,000 Australian dollars for a ka-ching, ka-ching. And you know what I did, right? Oh, gosh, this is the problem when you're married. I, I, said, I said, I'll phone you back. I'll, I'll just phone my wife up, see what she thinks, right? And my wife suddenly went greedy. She's thinking a couple of more trips to the Caribbean. She's thinking, you know, hot tub, sauna. So she said, don't go under 120,000, Dave. So I rang Peter back, <laughs> the managing director of IKEA UK, and I said, listen, I'll do it for 120,000. He said, oh, Dave, he said, the budget only goes up to 100,000. I said, Peter, it's a bit of a sacrifice. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you got yourself a deal. All because because I've got I haven't got attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. I've got attention deficit hyperactivity asset, and I'm going to use it to the day I die because this has achieved great things in my life so far. I'm not going to ditch it or replace an asset for a disorder. Now, I read, let me carry on this theme, right? I, I read a book uh, called The Extreme Male Mind, and uh, the, the, the basis of it is by, you know, you know Borat. He's, he's, I think it's Sasha Baron Cohen. He's, he's got a, an uncle, I think, called Simon Baron Cohen, who's a psychologist, right? And he wrote a book called The Extreme Male Mind, and he said every, every guy has a touch of autism. And, and he just picks the example that, that most blokes can't, if they're married or if they've got a partner, they can't both watch TV or watch sport and listen to their partner at the same time, you know? That they're, they're single focused, right? Uh, like women are generally multitaskers, but, but guys generally are, are single taskers, right? And, and I'm reading this, I'm just fascinated with it, right? I'm thinking, wow, this is incredible. And then I did a little test. Uh, listen to this. I did a little test at the end of the book, right? And it's a pop test, right? And uh, there's like 85 questions and something like that. So I totted up my, my answers, right? Guess what I got in the score? I got one point under Asperger's syndrome. You know what I thought? I thought, Lord, is this another gift? And I realized that, 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 uh, that sitting next to the genius of attention deficit hyperactivity is 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 ASA autism spectrum asset that causes me to to at times grab this lack of focus into intense focus and uh, and I I remember the first book I wrote and it, I think it was called I I think it was called I can't even remember what it's called right but anyway I thought I'm going to write a book right. So I thought, I'm going to fly out from England, and I'm going to fly to Denmark, right? And I'm going to write a book on a hotel in Denmark. And so I looked up just where the hotels were. So I went into, went to Copenhagen, to the Crown Hotel in Copenhagen, and, uh, and started writing. Five days later, I emerged with a book. And it was the first book that I wrote. It's a, it's a, it's a fabulous book. But I went in without a book, added the gift of autism, came out with a book, it's, a, it's an incredible gift. Let me give you the names of people uh, who are famous people that actually have the gift of ASA, Autism Spectrum Asset, Einstein, Bill Gates, Michelangelo, Isaac Newton, Jerry Seinfeld, Elon Musk, Leonardo da Vinci, Spielberg, Alexander Bell, Henry Ford, Bob Dylan, Lionel Messi, and Jane Austen are famous people with the gift of autism. Somebody has switched the price tags. Somebody's changed it into a massive disorder that we've got to drug up. And I'm not against drugs, but some people, ha well, some drugs I have, but, but somehow people have now changed this around. And they've made some part of you that's brilliant and told you that that part of you that's brilliant is a disorder. My, I, my, my wife thinks I've got OCD. Because I always wear a white T-shirt to bed. Just always. If I've got a different color T-shirt, I've got to change it. It's got to be white, right? hate rattles in the car. Gosh, I've got to stop the car, find out what's rattling in the car. If I have a spot on my shirt, spot on my trousers, you know, I've got to get that spot out, you know. Uh, but I, I, don't have, I don't have obsessive compulsive disorder. 
I've got OCA. I've got obsessive compulsive asset. And when you put those three gifts together, the trifecta, I call it, I'm absolutely brilliant, right? Because I'm itchy, scratchy. I'm thinking, oh, I need to start a brand new project. And, and as everything in me is saying, Dave, start something, start something, start something. So I start something, right? And that's, that's ADHA kicking in. And now I'm like a Star Wars fighter plane in a canyon. I'm just hyper-focused. I'm in. I, nothing else matters to me. I'm just hyper-focused trying to get this job done. And then, and then my OCA kicks in. I'm obsessive-compulsive about finishing everything I start. I, I've got to have an empty desk. I can't have stuff on the desk. I can't have jobs half finished. Every time I start a job, I've got to finish the job. I can't, I can't, I, a lot of jobs I don't even start because I'm obsessed about finishing them once I start, right? And my desk is absolutely clean, absolutely clear. There's no in-tray on my desk because everything that comes to the in-tray, I do. And so I come out of the canyon achieving great things for God because I'm gifted, thoroughly gifted. And let me say to you, the 50% of all of your weaknesses are completely mythical. You've made it up. Society's made it up. The Bible says that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 139 verse 13 says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That God hasn't made a mistake with you. He wove you together in your mother's womb. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, I'm not, I'm not weird. I'm a special edition. And you need to start seeing yourselves as special additions. Some people say, I'm like Aldi. I'm, I'm good, but I'm different. And that difference is what makes me unique. And your difference to the person sitting next to you is what makes you unique. But don't, don't make your differences disorders. Don't collect disorders like a lot of 16-year-olds do. They collect disorders. They say, this is who I am. No, this, that's not who you are. If you change it to assets, that's who you are. But don't, but don't, don't do a false a false identity a summary of who you are when that's not who you are. You're not a bag full of disorders. You're a bag full of assets, you know. If you put all of your weaknesses in a dump truck and reversed it, right, uh, 50% of all of your weaknesses are mythical. They're in the land of Harry Potter. They're in the land of Middle Earth or, Dwar- oh, no, Dwarf Stewart's is. They're, they're, in, the, they're in the land. They're in the land of, of, uh, of Lord of the Rings, you know, <laughs> They're in, they're, they're just complete, they're in Harry Potter territory. <laughs> they just don't exist. But somebody said that they do exist, but they don't exist. They're not, they're not weaknesses, they're strengths disguised. They're strengths buried by a couple of foot of topsoil. And when it comes to autism, you know, autism is the gift of genius, but some people have, have social disconnection. And if you call that a disorder, then, then that, that does work itself out by the, time, by the time you're 19 years of age. A lot of, a lot of social problems iron themselves out naturally. You know, often autistic kids who are highly autistic on the spectrum don't want to talk to anyone at five years of age, up to five years of age. And I'll tell you why. It's because they don't want to talk to anyone. It's because they're quite, quite happy not talking to anyone, right? It's our problem that wants Johnny to chat, chat, chat two and a half years of age. That's our problem. That's not Johnny's problem. And eventually Johnny learns to talk and then eventually Johnny becomes a, a geek. And geek is the beginnings of autism, but it's the friendly side of autism. And the world right now is run by geeks. It's run by nerds. It's run by people that have ASA. That's those who run the world today. 
You know, the Elon Musks who are filled with the gift of autism, the ability to create space rockets out of nothing is an incredible gift, you know. Now, let me say this, that, that also mixed in, in, in the, the dump truck of imaginary weaknesses that are strengths in disguise are what I also call, out of that 50% that, that, that of your weaknesses don't exist, are what I call non-strengths. You're always kicking yourself thinking, I'm not, good. I'm not good at music. I'm not good at singing in tune. I'm not good at, at uh, running. I'm not good at, and, and you know, there's a problem with that because God's called you to run the race marked out for you. That's what it says in the book of Hebrews. There's a race marked out, already marked out for you. All the days ordained for you, the psalm says, they've already, they're already written in God's book of life. He's got a plan for your life. But, you know, if I was the devil, I'd cause get you to always be looking at everyone else's plan. And I'd get you filled with jealousy, filled with envy, filled with bitterness, filled with resentment, because you're not like somebody else. Yeah, but you're genius. You just need to find the lane that God has called for your life. If, if you've ever watched the Olympic Games, I've never seen a Hungarian at the starting blocks of the 100 meters sprint at any Olympic Games. Never seen a Bulgarian. Never seen a Russian. Never seen an Estonian. Never seen a white guy. It's just, it's just that's the way it is. And but you know, I've never seen a Hungarian cry. Beside the hundred meter track, I've never seen, I've never seen a Bulgarian crying beside or a Russian crying beside the hundred meter track. Because if you travel one mile east and go into the weightlifting room. That's where they're at. Getting gold, silver, and bronze for their country. Everybody's got a lane. And if I was the devil, I'd make, I'd make if you're good at track and field, called to track and field, I'll put you in the swimming pool. If you're called to long distance, I'll put you in the short sprint. I'd get you where you're not meant to be. I'd confuse you. So you never get to see the brilliance of who you actually are because of the driving force of competition. Out of your own insecurity, you value other people's lives more than your own. You want to admire other people, but you don't want to worship other people. Some of you need to stop following certain Instagram accounts because you worship them. They're idols to you. You want to admire people that are gifted, but don't worship them. Sometimes you just need to have a pause on social media because, because it diminishes you. You always want to finish the day and start the day feeling like a million dollars. And anything that lessens your value is not from God because God has tattooed you on the palm of His hand. God reckons you're ultimate, absolutely brilliant. You're a rock star to God. He, he thinks about you at day and night and He's got a calling over each one of your lives to live a significant life, to make an impact upon planet Earth. I think it was, it was Einstein. He said, don't teach a pig. No, he said, don't teach a fish to, to climb trees because it'll grow up thinking that it's stupid. Someone said, uh, someone, are we okay in there? Hello, how, how are you? <laughs> What's happening in there? What's happening in there? See, this, this is a gift, this. It, no, it looks, it looks like a disorder, but it's not a disorder. This is a gift. Look, that's a gift in operation there. Yes, the gift of revelation, revealing, <laughs> revealing herself. <laughs> a bit too much there, but revealing herself, you know. <laughs> yeah, somebody else said, you don't want to teach a pig to sing, right? Uh, number one, it, it, it really annoys the pig. 
And number two, it just, take, it just takes too long. You want to you wanna find this horses for courses, courses for horses. You want to you wanna say, God, who am I? And God will show you your uniqueness. And He'll show you how brilliant you are. He'll show you how significant. You don't want to be important. Important people are here one day, gone the next. You know, I could mention pop stars from my generation that you wouldn't even know who the pop stars are because they blew up overnight. They're one-hit wonders. But um, you're here for significance. You're not here for importance. 50% of all of your weaknesses are either strengths in disguise or they're non-strengths. Now, let me conclude this message because you'd be thinking, what about the other 50% of your weaknesses that are in that dump truck. Can I say the other 50% of your weaknesses are completely and utterly reversible. There's not one weakness in you that God can't reverse. There's nothing in you that God can't reverse. I'll read a scripture in a second, but if you were if you were a city, you wouldn't be London, you wouldn't be New York, you wouldn't be Sydney. If you were a city, You'd be LA, you'd be San Francisco, you'd be Tokyo, you'd be Christchurch. Because God builds His greatest towers of strength on the greatest fault lines of the weakness. This is the way God builds your future. If you want to find where you're going to be the strongest when you're 26, have a look at where you're attacked by Satan the most when you were 16. Have a look at what went on in your life now and realize that the exact op- God's going to place the exact opposite of the weakness within yourself. He's going to make you the exact opposite. He's going to put a tower of, He's going to put a skyscraper of strength on the fault line of your weakness. You're going to scrape the skies of possibility. You're going to be, you're going to be incredible. I, I'm incredible. I didn't have one conversation with mum or dad that lasted more than one sentence for the first 18 years of my life. What am I today? Communicator, brilliant communicator. What's going on there? It's because I'm a skyscraper. What am I built on? Fault line. Fault line of weakness. Can you see what I'm saying? This, the, this is what the Bible says, and, and it's probably, it's probably my, one of my favorite scriptures, even though it's a, it's a tough scripture. And this is what God said to Paul. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. He said, that's why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. For God's power is made perfect. If you want perfect power from God, expose, don't cover up, expose your weakness to Him. Because God's a reversing God. He puts towers of strength on fault lines of weakness. This is, this is what God does. If you've, if you've had an absent dad or a bad dad, or it, it just means that you're in line for a revelation of how incredible your heavenly father is. And once you have a revelation that you've got a fan base in heaven, that if God is for you, who could be against you? You could do anything for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let me, let, me, let me funnel this in. Let me land the plane that my wife, she's, uh, when she was like 27 years of age, right? She was, she was adopted and, uh, at 10 days of age. And, um, and uh, she grew up in Christian family, right? But she, she never really knew anything uh, about her adoption, right? And then she, the laws changed in Queensland. So you could write back to where your mum gave birth to you. So she wrote back to the farm that her mum gave birth to her in. And, and they eventually met in Brisbane together. She met her real mum. 
for the, for the first time ever, 27 years of age in the middle of Brisbane uh, in Queen Street Mall. And, uh, and then she's talking and then she said, well, uh, what about dad? And her mom said, oh, I was gang raped. You're the result of it. It just caused a, a sobriety to come upon her. Just, it caused the glow of the meeting just to dissipate for a little bit. But you know what my wife's favorite scripture was from when she was like 12 years of age? It's from Jeremiah chapter 1, verse number 5, and it says, Before you were born, I knew you. Either she's a complete and utter mistake that should be discarded and should have been killed pre-birth, or she's fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, she's, she's always battled with insecurities, right? Because there's always... There's always a remnant. There's always a, a tattoo or a scar from, from issues. Even when you get healed, you still walk with the limp to remind you that it's, it's God's power that's going to take you into the future, not, not your power. Anyway, she, she, she starts a home for girls that have life-controlling issues like anorexia. And this, this house starts with one girl that has two girls, three girls, four girls, and then maybe 15 girls or something like that. And then the police used to knock on the door because, because sex trafficking... Uh, human trafficking is big in the United Kingdom because people pay a lot of money for sex, right? Uh, more than they would do in Bolivia or something like that. And so a lot of people are trafficked into the United Kingdom. So they'd break open a brothel. They'd always find somebody who's been trafficked. So they'd give them to my wife's ministry and then she'd, she'd take them in. And, uh, and eventually it got so big that, that eventually they, sh she started up 15 safe houses for people that have been humanly trafficked survivors of human trafficking across Britain. In the last five years from two years back, they housed over 600 survivors of human trafficking and they did outreach to 3,000 victim survivors of human trafficking. She, 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 we had a meeting at our church, right? There was, there was 35 buggies, 35 prams outside one of the rooms. Everyone of those children children of sexual abuse coming from the brothels of women being raped in the brothels but everyone was a trophy a trophy to the goodness of God a trophy to the protection of God, a trophy to a God who knew them before they were born that's how powerful this stuff is but why Why? how, how come how come she built a skyscraper how come God helped to build a skyscraper that casts a shadow of influence on the world around about it? Well, it's because it's God found a fault line. It's where your greatest strength is going to be in the future. It's not your talent. It's, the, it's what we call the anointing of God. It's God's special power to do things and to be things that, that you could never have been lost completely in your brokenness. But God's, God finds a crack in the earth's surface, and then God starts to build His towers. I'll, I'll, do, I'll give one more example. When you're watching athletics, right, uh, like long-distance athletics, usually in a race of 10,000 meters, usually a Kenyan comes first. Like, they can run for days. Then usually a Kenyan comes second. And because they're kind, they let an Ethiopian come first because they're kind. 
and then a canyon comes forth very thick just just the ability and somebody somebody said listen to this somebody somebody thought well it's just because it's in the dna Kenyans are just naturally good long-distance runners. And they realize no one's won a medal from Southern Kenya. And no one, hardly anyone's won a medal from Eastern Kenya. In the middle of Kenya, a few people have won world medals, right? Just a few people. But, but 90% of every medal comes within 60 miles of a town called Eldoret. That's 90% of every world medal, either the, either the World Athletics Championships or, or the Olympic Games, 90% of every medal comes from people who live within 60 miles of a town called Eldoret. So it can't be DNA. So they did a discovery and they realized this, right? They realized that, that, that it's the Rift Valley, right? It's just a mountainous region. And they realized that, that when a kid reaches five years of age and says, I'm going to school, right? That, that if they walk to school, because school's like 10 kilometers away. If they walk to school, it's going to take them a long time to walk to school, walk home from school. So every kid runs it. So I put the satchel on their back. They're running for an hour and a half a day. Three quarters an hour to school, three quarters an hour back from school. They're running nine hours a week. They're running 500 hours a year. They're running 10,000 hours. They're running 10,000 hours before their 16th birthday. That's why some 16 year old who's just coming off their PlayStation 5 in Australia thinking, oh, I think I could, I could do some running. Give up. This spot's taken. <laughs> it's already taken, right? And then they realize, well, why, why are they running? In high altitude conditions where the blood thickens up, why are they running so much, right? And the conclusion is it's because of poverty. Poverty has created the world's greatest long distance runners. See, it, I, whatever is striking you at your heel, whatever is trying to destroy you, you want to reverse it right now. Because this is how God works. He takes the weakness of you and He adds the phenomenal, perfect strength of Him and He creates a super genius out of you. There's two of me. There's the created me that's filled with quirks and filled with talent and filled with assets. And there's the new me that's filled with God's healing strength, with God's healing anointing. I'm strong as a created individual, but I'm strong as a child of God. There's twin strengths that God wants to put on your life. I'm going to pray for you. You can either look at me while I'm praying, or you can do whatever. You can close your eyes. It's up to you. I don't really care. Sometimes I like looking at people while I'm praying. Father, give them a shovel and help them to dig up the treasure trove of who they are and who you made them to be. Father God, I pray, Jesus, that you take off the label of disorder of every one of these young people in this room. I pray, Lord, whether it's stamped on the T-shirt or tattooed, on their chest or tattooed on their bum cheek. Father God, wherever this is tattooed, I pray that you'd remove, you'd be the great tattoo remover. And I pray, Lord God, that you take out, you take out, you take out the word weakness. And in its place, you'd lay hands upon them and say, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Father, I pray that you break the spirit of pessimism, break the spirit of sarcasm, break the spirit of death over these young people, break the spirit of hopelessness, break the spirit of darkness over these young people in Jesus' name. So I can feel it right now. I can feel it right now. There's an anointing upon me to break the spirit of blindness, the one that's caused you just to, two men looked out from prison bars. One saw mud, the other saw stars. And God's now lifting your eyes from mud to stars. He wants you to see a sky full of stars. He wants you to see stars in the night sky. He wants to fill you with hope, with optimism, with a feeling that something good's about to happen, a feeling that you were born for this planet, for good and not for evil. God wants to give you a future and a hope. This is the way He works. And Holy Spirit, I pray that even right now that you'd replace bad for good. I pray that you bring your building material onto the site of these massive fractures within their hearts. God, some have had no dad, some have had a sad dad, some have had an absentee mom, some have come from a land of depression, some have come from a land of abuse, some have come from a land of brokenness, some have come from a land of, of being disowned, a land of abandonment. But Father God, in replacement for abandonment, you can bring fruitfulness. Replacement for loneliness, you can bring warmth and community replacement for rejection you could raise up a mother Teresa who accepts the lonely and the broken and gathers them and rebuilds their lives for those that are lost God they can go out and find the lost and bring them back to a place called home for those that have been devastated by trauma Lord that they could become the trauma counselors because they've been through what other people are about to go through father I pray that you'd breathe strength you breathe optimism and breathe power into people's lives in Jesus' mighty name. Just but my last prayer right now is for those who, who just find themselves feeling away from God and find themselves feeling like you're trapped in your sin. If you were to die tonight, you'd feel like you were going to go to hell because you deserve it. And yet the Bible has a promise that for those who feel like they're going to hell, He has a promise of heaven. Jesus Christ loved the world so much that he gave his life so that you might not perish but have everlasting life and God offers it right now to you he's the counselor of sin if he finds sin he builds a skyscraper of salvation on the fault line of sin the sin is missing the mark you know what that's like sin is powerlessness sin is just going according to the to to the tide and according to the waves and yet God wants to build a skyscraper called salvation that you'd know that if you were to die tonight you'd be going straight to heaven where you know that Christ builds his greatest greatest skyscrapers of strength on your fault lines of sin if that's you right now and you want to pray a prayer with me saying God forgive me and Jesus Christ come into my heart and Jesus I'll follow you if this is if this is your coming of age right now I want you to pray this with me and everyone can help us out say this sentence after sentence dear Lord Jesus I am amazed and how much you love my life how much you love me how divine this whole thing is I felt rejected I felt abandoned I felt lost I felt like I've missed the mark. I ask you, God, to forgive me through dying on the cross, that you'd forgive me. Throw my sins as far as the east is from the west. Remember them no more. 
start building a tower of salvation on my place of weakness. Be my Savior, be my Lord, and be my friend from this moment on. With every eye closed in this room right now, if you prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart, at some stage, if you have put your hand up in the past, this is going to stick. And you're going to think at some stage, there's no point putting my hand up again. That point might have been last week, but that point might be this week. That you finally get it. That you are the construction site of the Lord Jesus Christ. To shine His glory to the world around about you. A life of significance. If you prayed that prayer with me, I'm going to get you with every eye closed. When I count to three, lift up your right hand and leave it up till all the hands are up. And put it, you think, why should I do that? Because you should always draw a line in the sand. It's, it's good to make a series of many decisions or tonight an important decision to cut your history from your future. You don't want the future, the, the history to, to advance beyond this point. You want to stop that. Stop the rock. You want to be special. You want to be unique. You want to be gifted. You want to be empowered. And so if that's you and you sincerely prayed the prayer, simple prayer with me on the count of three with every eye closed, I want you to lift up right hand when I count to three. Here we go. Three. Two, one, lift. Yes, yeah, hands going up all around about the place. Hands going up. It's just brilliant. Down the front here, there's one hand. There's two hands. It's awesome, man. It's three hands. It's four hands. It's five hands. It's six hands. It's seven hands. Father God. Lord, I pray let your love shine and let your love rest upon each, each of these people, God. Father God, Father God, in Jesus' name.